Hello and welcome to another episode of Flamenco Attitude. This is the podcast that brings you all things flamenco. And if you're discovering us for the first time, please go back and listen to various episodes that we had on flamenco culture because we've covered stuff like how people dress, big, big artists and their achievements like Paco de Lucia, a very contemporary artist as well. You can also hear our very recent top 10 flamenco albums as chosen by um, flamenco guitarist and expert Marcos and also adventures on the festivals throughout Andalusia and we hope to bring you loads more as we go along and as the circumstances allow it of course around the world. Before we dive into today's topic, we would like to again say thank you to you, our listeners, because we're so, so grateful and happy to see that our audience is growing. Uh, We're now branching out to all sorts of countries around the world. And today, our special thanks go to our listeners in Poland and Ecuador. We noticed that, again, there is a increasing listenership in these countries so many many thanks i hope you enjoy it and uh, here's to many more of you joining uh, from poland and ecuador as well a reminder of course for our q a session coming on september the 25th so we have come up with a date september 25th will be our q a session so please send us your questions and comments to culturepodcasts at gmail.com or you can tweet us at flamenco pod we're on twitter anything you would like to send us through please do it and we'll try to comment and answer your questions as well it will be an absolute pleasure Flamenco and cinema. Have you ever thought about that there is a connection there? Have you ever watched a flamenco film or have you noticed that there are films featuring a flamenco song as a, as a part of the soundtrack or throughout? Well, today we're exploring a very interesting part of the flamenco culture as well, how it integrates in cinema, because there are a few interesting films that we can recommend to you and talk about because they do they do reflect on the lives of flamenco people and the art they make. We're going to cover a few. We're going to also tell you what songs you can listen to. If you can't find the film immediately, you can listen to a few songs just to get an idea of what it's like. And we're also going to talk about a dancer and an actor that I really grew to like because I watched a few of his films. So without any further ado, let's dive in this is the episode on flamenco films. Do you know what? There's nothing better than a flamenco film. Is I, I will correct you on that. Flamenco playing, no, guitar playing. No, no I'm going to correct you because you <laughs> there's only a few. There's loads. Listen, I know there are loads, but we're going, we can't list them all. We can't all, do can them we? all, no. well, I, I have personally watched with you yeah. a few films that I really enjoyed. And this is my first question then. How did the flamenco genre come into the big onto the big screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, are these films the first ones, or no, no, was no. it existing no, before? No. So we, we've got to look into the thirties, and um, I'm going to bring it on to uh, 1947, Sambra, when you get Manolo Caracol, starring with Lola Flores. These are the great artists. And the cinema then was dominated by these flamenco films. Uh, so you've got Sambra and Brujo. And, it, I mean, it was so popular that these images were put onto a bottle of anise. Uh, 
Yeah. You imagine, you know, this very strong spirit. The drink, yeah. So they're put on the label because they are films. They're not just flamenco people. They are film stars. So that's when it all starts. And then I suppose you've got to move on to uh, Carmen Amaya, Los Tarantos, one of the greatest films ever, uh, you know. And then you've got to look at uh, La Paquera de Jerez, uh, Canciones de, de, you know, she, she did may, many, many films. Uh, this was the, the kind of the birth of this kind of thing. But you've you've come to it in a in a more modern way. Well, yes, because I'm interested to see is flamenco cinema genre in itself. Yes, I think it is. How is it different to, I don't know, let's well, say romantic I, films or action films well, or I don't yeah, know what you. Yeah, well, I think because um, once Carlos Saura got hold of it and created his trilogy, then it that we're the, going to talk about. Yes, that, then it does become a genre a in genre itself. In yeah. And as everything else in flamenco, because we're talking about attire and lifestyle, is it part of this kind of lifestyle that it's creating, larger culture? I, I think so, because mm -hmm. I showed you Blood Wedding, yeah. and you were amazed, weren't you? Blood Wedding was probably... Well, no, actually... The, the, I know you're going to say it's yeah, not your yeah, favourite. Yeah, we're, 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 not going to, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. Before I ask you about the first film, uh, I wanted to check your knowledge on who is the first flamenco actor then, or the first production that kind of took this all up. Well, I, I, I think we've got to say uh, Manolo Caracol. Yes, the first. Yeah. Uh, now, this is somebody that we talked about when we looked at the, the Granada competition. Yeah. Yeah. So he wins a thing as a child. Yeah? He wins the competition in 1922. So, so, so I feel he wasn't actually set out to become an actor. It just happened. Yeah. Probably more with him singing and playing. Yeah. I'm not sure. Does he play? Yeah, and then he yeah. gets cast in all gets, these gets films. He gets cast in the film. So yeah. he's an actor without being an actor necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, the, we're going to cover a few. So you showed me a variety of very different films, because today we're going to concentrate on uh, the Car uh, Carlos uh, Salo trilogy. Yeah. The Tremil. Yeah. Vengo y el turista soy yo, which is um, <laughs> a title, a title that our listeners yeah. will recognize from your top ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. Albums, but these are very different films. Yeah, I've got to take you back one step because something I forgot to say is an Englishman, Edgar Neville, he made an incredible film of flamenco. Now, he was sent to cover that concurso in Granada in 1922 as a correspondent for the Times newspaper. Yeah. And he made the most incredible film later on. So we should not forget about him. But, but that was my bonus. <laughs> that, that was my bonus of the fact, but never. Shall we talk about that first then? Because this, well, I suppose, takes us back. Let's yeah, start from the beginning. It's an amazing film. What is the name of this uh, film? Uh, let's have a look. It's called Duende y Misterio. Mm. And uh, what is the film about? Uh, it, it's, it's like a documentary, really. Yeah. He, he shows the people from Utrera, Fernanda, Bernarda. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the great dancers, all these different people in these settings. Yeah. Yeah? And incredibly, uh, the film was lost. 
and many many years ago I queued up in London because they said they found it and I queued up at the Barbican to watch it because they'd managed to join some bits together. Mm. Can you imagine that? Yeah. And so it now exists, probably you can get it on DVD, whatever. Yeah. Um, amazing film. Yeah. And it's the proper black and white, the proper... No, actually, um, it's in colour. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think there would be acting though, because as you said, it's a documentary. It's more yeah, of a, it's, it's more of a, you know, they go about their daily life and all the. It's stylized though. Okay. You know, so it's sort of in between acting and re reality. In real life. Huh? Yeah. That's an interesting one. So if we could get hold of it in any way, I'm going to link it to our. Well, I've kept that one back from you. I should have shown you that one. No, no, no. I mean. If we can recommend it to our listeners on any platforms to buy or watch, yeah, I'm definitely going to link that in. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, shall we move on to because we're itch I'm itching to yeah. talk about the trilogy. Yeah. Tell me about the trilogy. Oh. First of all, which are the films of the trilogy? Okay. So, Carlos Saura has made many films, flamenco, flamenco, but when he he started, obviously he's a great filmmaker under the Franco era. But when he got into flamenco, uh, he made Blood Wedding. That's number one. Number one. Then he made Carmen. And then he made El Amor Brujo. Now, these are amazing films. Uh, to talk about Blood Wedding, when this came out, I think in 1981, I, I, I can't be sure, uh, I went with my mother nearly every day to see it at the cinema. Yeah. Throughout all the screenings. Yeah. And uh, Blood Wedding is probably a title that you would recognize if you read Lorca. Yeah. Because this was one of his uh, creations, one of his best creations, yeah. I would say. Yeah. So he creates a film with just a troupe of dancers yeah. rehearsing in, in a studio. But you know, it's, it's, I, I will give out a secret to our listeners. <laughs> Marcos always tells me when it's going to go down and it's going to get really bad. <laughs> and to be honest with you, yeah. that was for every single film that we have watched. <laughs> every single film that we sit down to watch, you always say, oh, it's going to go down. And you know what I've noticed? That the music plays a huge part in a flamenco film. Yeah. Why is the soundtrack so important? You have told me this, but I want you to tell it to our listeners. The soundtrack is massively important. Yeah, I mean, they, they set it mainly in the tone of the Taranta, which is a very deep F-sharp tone. Uh, and it's very, very sad. Uh, and of course, you've got the great artist, José Mosé, who sings in it. And it, it's just incredible. I mean, I, I, I mean, you know this, I had the good fortune uh, to meet Antonio Gaddis. Who is my, who is the lead male role, yeah. male actor, and is becoming my fav one of my favorite actors yeah. because he's also a skilled dancer. He's, a, he's incredible. I mean, obviously, sadly, he, he's not with us anymore, but um, I went to, I was playing in, in the Edinburgh Festival and uh, I got the privilege to go and interview him for a magazine to meet Antonio Gaddis. And my abiding memory of, of him is, um, even though he was a great dancer, is how many cigarettes he smoked, Ducados, these very heavy black tobacco cigarettes that he smoked when I interviewed him, you know, that was his way. 
So he is somebody who is very strict because we, oh we, we, we watch yeah. him. I mean, I worked with his, I was with his company as well during an unbelievably strict. All the people were terrified of him. What was expected of them in a performance? Because, yeah. you see, in the film, he takes the main role. But when it went on tour, he doesn't, he just directs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah? And he would expect the same level of performance from the other people. Yeah. So we're talking about a dancer who is also an actor. That's incredible. Yeah. But Blood Wedding is actually incredible because, as you said, it's the story of Blood Wedding as written by Lorca. Yeah. But done as a, as a dance rehearsal. Yeah, but you start to believe. You think, even though you're in that studio, you believe you're in that village, don't you? You do. Yeah? And again... I think this goes back to the fact that because he's so strict, he wants everything to be performed perfectly. Yeah. You think that these people actually live there. Yeah. And they live the roles that yeah. they play. Yeah. The music in um, uh, Blood Wedding. Yeah. So you said the majority is the Taranta. I do enjoy the Taranta. I mean, listen back to our episode yeah, on, puts on the, genres. Yeah, puts the Buleria into the then Taranta's the tones. Yeah, then yeah, the yeah. Buleria. Yeah. And then we had, do you know why this was, this is not a spoiler for all of you who want to watch it. There was Argentinian tango played I in it. I just loved it. Yeah. That's one of my yeah, favorites. You, you see, that's what, um, if you're having a wedding, then you get those people in. To okay, do, why? To do. It's interesting because well, you have you have so many styles in flamenco. Why do we have the Argentinian? Well, it's a bit like because we got flamenco, then we'll have to have something different for our wedding. Yeah, isn't he wonderful? That it was that, that, that little our man. Li our listeners in Argentina or yeah. you know South America. Yeah. I'm not sure how what the traditional yeah. weddings it's a, it's are. A, it is a classic. It's a classic because I'm not sure what you play on your yeah. traditional wedding uh, throughout yeah. South America. It's an actual man with his little band With his around. accordion. With yeah. accordion. Actual, authentic Argentinian tango. We re I really enjoyed it because it was so out of place for me. That and was then my favourite. it takes off. The film goes mental because they do the tangos. Yeah. The real flamenco tangos off the back of that. And that you're thinking, wow, what a film. It's true. The choreography um, at, towards the end. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible because it's done as a slow motion, but it's not slow motion in yeah. the terms of the yeah. film. It's it's danced yeah. in a slow motion way. And we've got to mention Cristina Hoyos. Cristina Hoyos. She is not very prominently featured in that one, if no. I may say. But we're going to talk about Carmen next. And more than any other film, she's very prominently featured, I'm happy to say, in... El Amor Brujo. But with, uh, to, to wrap up with um, Blood Wedding, which is kind of the song or um, music that we could kind of attach to it and say, well, this is what really contributes to the atmosphere of it. What would well, you I would say straight away, the Al Borear, which is the gypsy wedding song, which Marseille sings at the start of the film. This is what the real classic that makes this film so wonderful. Al Borea, Gypsy Wedding Song. Brilliant. Well, we're going now into... I think I like these films more and more as they progress. Because Carmen, to me, was personally a bit more interesting. Well, you've got to watch them as many times as I have. 
exactly. When you've seen them 40 times, then you'll get the hang of it. We don't have time, but, <laughs> but to me, Carmen was a bit more interesting than Blood Wedding because yeah. Blood Wedding is probably for people who enjoy theatre a bit more. Whereas or Carmen is a real film. Carmen isn't it? is a real film, but yeah. the plot is really again it's done as if there are people performing roles. Yeah, but it's a bit different. So tell me about the background of Carmen. Carmen is actually a novel. Yes, um, Mary May wrote wrote the book. Um, I suppose the irony that they tried to explore at the beginning of the film is that all these people that wrote about the tobacco factory in Seville had never been to Seville. So they didn't know about, uh, really, that all these women that worked rolling cigars and everything in, in the tobacco factory. So that's the, the premise of the whole thing. Um, it, it's a very complex film because it's, it kind of blends reality with... With fiction. With fiction, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and who is Carmen as a character? Well... No, I'm not talking about the actor. Obviously, she did a great job. But who is Carmen as, as the character, the main character of the film? Now you've got me there. I, who is she? <laughs> she she's only she's, the, she's only actress. in the name. She's only in the name of the thing. But yeah, yeah. In in terms of the and, story, and of course, it, it, what you get is um, that they feel well. Okay, she's good looking, but she's not that good at flamenco. Do you remember this thing? I do. And Cortina feels that she should be doing it, and and then Antonio Gades says, "But you're not Carmen," and. In this year, everybody was making Carmen films. There was three films of Carmen. Carmen was the big thing in 1983, the big... Th and what's interesting about this is that... Uh, I've got a Laura del Sol. I got there in the end. You, you keep putting me on the spot. No, no but, but, but <laughs> I, I, I suppose <laughs> my... No, 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 I suppose my question was... Carmen as a character, what is her, in, in, in the, in the well, premise of the story, who is Carmen? Well, well she's somebody that uh, they, they say, well, uh, don't mess around with these uh, girls in the tobacco factory. If another woman gives you trouble, uh, they'll pull out a knife and slit your throat. Yeah? And that's her. And that's the way they're portraying it. And she's one of them. Yeah. So don't mess with me, you know. And, and they say, oh, you know, these, these women roll the tobacco in the heat of Seville and everything. You know. um, it, it's a kind of a mythology that uh, various people, the opera, the book, is all portrayed. And I think one of the things they say in the film is that none of these people have ever been to Seville. Mm. Yeah. Well, somebody who I'm not sure how many times has been to Seville but still plays very brilliantly is Paco de Lucia, who is in the film, yeah. <laughs> playing himself. I know. He, I mean, he's great. I mean, he, you know, he, what can we say about Paco? Because he, he plays a wonderful thing uh, with the wife of Antonio Gaddi. And, uh, you know, I could watch that a hundred times and never get bored with it because... Yeah. And then he, he says, oh, yeah, I think I can put this rhythm of Bizet, I can put it into Bulleria, I, can, I think I can do it, you know, it's, it's a lovely film. Yeah, yeah because they're actually, it, there is a part where they're listening to the opera yeah, and he's adjusting he's it to yeah, the thing, yeah. to the performance that they have. Yeah. Um, did um, Paco 
experiment with that sort of thing outside of the film. So trying to adjust classical well, yeah, styles. I mean, if you think of his background in the 70s, he played with Santana, he played with all of these different so people. He so he's got this ability, uh, incredible ability to adjust to jazz or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as you said, whenever he plays, it's a very telling of what's happening in the next scene. You've told me that. Yeah. You said Paco will tell you what's happening. Yeah, yeah. He's and very, I, very yeah. nicely featured in it. And I think you really enjoyed that film, didn't you? I did. Again, um, Carmen was something I enjoyed more than Blood Wedding. Yeah. Uh, that's not to say that, uh, you know, if I read the actual stories, I will enjoy one more than the other. But It's a more a compact, film, it's a, a, a really, it's a full-on film. As a film, uh, yeah, really enjoyable. Yeah. It's one of those things that, as you said, mixes reality with the story. Yeah. Now, the weird nice. thing is, and I didn't expect this, the third one... That's my favourite. I know, and I, I just don't get that. And so El Amor Brujo, which is an even more complex type of film, you love that. Yes, because that is a film. Yeah. There is no reality blend with yeah. its fiction. It's so this fiction. is set in a gypsy... Village. Camp, village yeah. and camp, and, yeah. Um, you, you just really took to that. Yeah. Well, this is the, uh, I suppose, to me, this is the more gypsy of the, all of them. Yeah. Uh, of the trilogy, because we're talking about a lot of the uh, mythology, a lot of the folklore around it. And we're going to mention the fire dance yeah. in a second. But... Um, ah, the ritual fire dance. The ritual of fire, fire dance. But talk to me about the plot without going into the complex stuff well, what is I mean, it, it, I mean obviously it's, it's the way that people at a very young age are promised to other people for marriage and yeah that's and, a custom that um, I know exists is it still going on yeah, yeah. it's still going on yeah um, how young are we talking about uh, ooh, 12 yeah. 10 yeah uh, and then you see how it all evolves as it goes on um why you like that film, I don't know, because actually I would have thought in showing you that one, that is one of the hardest ones to get into. Yeah, but it had fascinating parts. I mean, because we talk about, uh, obviously, in a way, an unrequited love that goes into yeah. cheating at some point. Then we have. Now, this is interesting. Talk to me about the um, relationship that the gypsies have with their with the dead people, and, you know, with their loved ones who are dead, because it it was interesting for me to find out that just like with many other cultures, the gypsies have a specific relationship with the dead. There are mm. so many, um, so many customs and so much superstition around how the dead are actually still an active part yeah, of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk to me about that. We have we have somebody who's dead but treat it as if he's alive yeah well i mean i mean they say in spain that the dead people are more alive than anywhere else in any in the world um yeah i mean obviously the gypsy people respect their elders it's very important uh there are traditions in in the burial the way it has to be done and that's sort of reflected in the film yeah yeah no, that was fascinating for me. And also a nice part of it was the Christmas, because we got a Christmas 
kind of view of uh, because it, the, the oh, yeah, parts yeah, yeah, of it yeah, yeah. was around Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got the little nativity scene yeah. and we had some Christmas singing as well, yeah. which was nice. Because yeah. as you know, we've talked about this, there is a flamenco Christmas song. Yes. Yeah. Campanero. Listen back to our episode on uh, the different um, yeah. albums that you recommended. Yeah, yeah. Now, what I'm going to do now is take you on to a film that I think... No, 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 we haven't talked about everything. Oh, okay. Uh, El Amor Brujo, uh, as yeah. the title suggests, deals with magic. So, what is the, uh, a most, the most magical part of the film is the fire dance, the ritual fire dance. Yeah. We won't spoil it for you why this is done, but it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, but, but we're looking at the music of Manuel de Falla. Exactly, what was the music accompanying this? Yeah, I mean, Manuel de Falla is uh, regarded as Spain's greatest composer. Um, people re relate to him from Granada, but in fact he's from Cadiz, where we've taken you to, uh, Gali. You've been to Cadiz yeah. and you know where he is because you have been right in front of the cathedral yeah. in Cadiz uh -huh. and he's inside there. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful when you because that's on the way to the beach and the, obviously yeah. the beaches of Cadiz are massive. Yeah. And uh, it's one of his greatest yeah. compositions. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful, isn't it? He, you know, he didn't write a lot in his time, uh, a bit like Paco, you know, he kept just not too much at a time, just let's keep it back a bit. And that music, as soon as you hear uh, the, 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 the horns playing that, those notes, you know, you think, oh, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, is the fire dance um, or the music, you know, inspired by a, a custom or anything like that? Well, yeah, like a I folklore mean, well, 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 of course, because he was brought up uh, by gypsy people who was his nannies and everything. Yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah. So you would recommend Manuel de Fire? Most definitely. Um, and what, what, what would that be called? Um, something El Fuego, the fire dance? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of his great pieces, the ritual fire dance. And you can see it in the film. Now, moving on to... What shall we move on to? Well, I think we've got to move on to a film that I think shocked you a bit, Bengal. It was a difficult film to watch. Uh, or I suppose not a difficult film to watch, but um, it's impending all the time. Yeah. The doom is impending. Well, you, you see, you, you started watching it and you saw Tomati, Tomatito, yeah. and it was all very nice. He crossed over on a boat and worked with these African people. Yeah? And, yeah, and and you had no in, an idea what was coming. Well, because it seemed like a documentary. It starts like it's like a documentary, doesn't it? Yeah. In your words, what is Vengo's plot? Oh, uh, vengeance. Yeah, but but, but tell us a little bit about it. You're telling us nothing about these. Well, the actual I, I, plot I, I, I'm of this not going to give away the. the no, the but film don't there. don't give away. Just. Uh, generally, what is the film about? Because we have a we have two families. Yeah, and a feud. That's yeah, the word. We have uh, a family. I'm going to sum summarize it. A feud. We have a family feud. Yeah, and uh, and it has to be resolved. Yeah, and it's resolved in a rather brutal way. Uh, yeah, 
and it ends badly. Yeah. No, unfortunately. It ends with La Paquera yeah. singing. Sigirias. No, this is interesting. Yes. It's interesting. That is probably the only film I've seen so far where Sigiria yeah. or the death yeah. song yeah. is performed. Yeah. How is the Sigiria different to, let's say, Taranta? Well, the Sigiria signifies death. It's for people that have, have died. It's, it's a funeral song. Yeah. And it's it a mourning song. And it wouldn't be uh, performed on any occasion other than... Well, no, it, 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 I mean, you say that I, I performed it only recently just with somebody in the street. Yeah. It can be performed like that, but in this film it signifies death. Yeah. Beyond doubt. Yeah. And probably what you liked about the film is uh, there's a scene where there's some soldiers and you think, hmm, there's flamenco. And do they like it or do they not like it? Actually, and they, do you remember I, did, that actually I didn't feel like that. Okay. Because you, you, I think you thought, I will feel, oh, they're yeah. going to. Because there, there was a, a, an impromptu, an improvised flamenco performance. Yeah. And they were having a really good time, really good session. Flamenco people were dancing, joining in and everything. And then a group of soldiers were having their dinner. Yeah. They weren't, uh, uh, what kind of surprised me is that these soldiers weren't talking between each other. No, they were all looking. Yeah. They were all looking ahead. Yeah. And at some point, like one of them stood up, and yeah. all of them stood up, yeah. so they joined the table. Yeah. Now, at this point, I didn't know where the plot was going, and actually, if you think about it, this scene wasn't really relevant to anything that happens in the film. It was just a nice, I suppose, way to show that, you know, flamenco people are having fun and other people are joining in. What would you think? Well, yeah, I mean, what it's showing you is you've got the flamenco people and then you've got the outsiders. Yeah. The soldiers don't really know that much about it. And then suddenly they think, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. We love that, it. That, that's that's yeah. how I felt. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. I, I, w I would have liked to see, actually, again, this scene as part of the bigger picture. But, um, you know, it was a nice kind of yeah. slice to exist, I suppose. So I like that. Um, well, who is the main actor? There were, there Antonio were, Canales. There were a few the, very talented. Antonio Canales is the great dancer. Yeah. He, he's the main person. He's in the that. main person. There were actually a few very talented actors, and you told me there is a young one um, with uh, a disability, yes. uh, and he plays somebody yeah. with a disability. So, I, uh, yeah. you know what? I was actually happy to see. You know how? In, that's a little diversion, but. In mainstream cinema, yeah. if somebody has to play a person with a disability, that's usually somebody who's not disabled. Where is he? Yeah. But we had a film yeah. where we have somebody who is yeah. disabled play somebody yeah. with disability. What I quite like. So you've yeah. met him. Yeah. And also, I'm going to remind you of, do you remember when they start putting the things... The great thing about Andalusia, all the villages have white walls. And yeah. do you remember when they start putting bad words on, on yeah. the walls yeah. and the women come out with the brushes? Do you remember with the whitewash yeah. to, to, to wash it off? That was it's a sad part. And then the great thing when Bobotti, uh, from, from the Tres Mil, he uh, sings to the tree. Do you remember that? Yeah. They sing to the tree. At one point they had 
one too many pomegranates. <laughs> I think that's all I'm going to say. But um, okay, well, something music-wise that you would recommend to go with this? Oh, now that's a tricky one. Mango. Well, obviously Tomatito. Yeah. It's got to be a track of Tomatito. Uh, maybe from Barrio Negro. Because it's part, it's part of that period, you know, when he was doing that. Now, I'm going to move you on to uh, a serious film that I showed you of the an area of Seville yeah. where the people from Triana were moved to. Yeah? Do you remember this film? My impression of the Tremil. Yeah, uh, great. See, good education, si. La Tremil. La Tremil. My impression of the Tremil is that... Um, it is a film, so expect expect a film, but it's between a documentary and a film. Yeah. Uh, would you? Was, is that a fair comment? Because this is how I felt. These are actual people. Some of them are actual people. They, they have nothing to do with cinema. Yeah. Uh, they're actual people. Who they're real are, people. They're real people. They're not actors. Real people from yeah. the treadmill. Yeah. Uh, which, as you have told me, the treadmill is a is a quarter. Yeah, in, in Seville, yeah. where the gypsy people have been segregated. Where they were moved from Triana to this area, to yeah. these flats. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. And why is it called Tremil? Because there's, there's, it's called the Tres Mil Viviendas, there's 3,000 flats. Yeah. Yeah. It's still existing today? Yes, very much so. People are still living there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's predominantly gypsy people? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Juana that we talked about, she used to be one of the custodians of the flats there. You know, remember we talked about Juana Rivero? Yes. She's one of the great custodians of that area. Sadly, she's gone as well. So yeah, I mean, it's a it's a heartland of flamenco. It is. Yeah. And it's a film without. Let's put it this way. I didn't feel there's a main character. And I didn't feel that there is, there is a plot line because we are trying to find a particular person to perform at their yeah. big concert to raise money. But they show the lives of many people. We have Bobote there, who you yeah, love. Yeah. <laughs> because he comes, do you remember he starts dancing around the fire with, with his leather coat? He yeah? does. I mean, you know, I knew this man when he was just a little boy, yeah? And yeah. now he's a, you know, he's a grown man. Do you remember when he starts dancing with his leather coat around the fire? I do. Yeah. But you know what? I also remember that almost broke my heart. There's a little boy who's trying to sing and they tell him, oh, it's all wrong. Well, I get that all the time. This is one of yeah, the great things about Yeah, but you're not a little boy anymore. One of the great things about flamenco is... Shock you're, alert, you're not a little boy anymore. No, <laughs> you always get this, you're doing it all wrong. This is one of the great lines in... Yeah, in, in you know. is, okay, then I want to then uh, talk about something that I've noticed in this film and you've guided me throughout yeah, this yeah. film. Is this thing actually happening in real life? Are flamenco people that open and honest and harsh? I would say the film is, a, a, apart from the donkey, is a very good reflection on real life, yes. It op one of the opening scenes features a donkey living in a flat. Yeah. And you said that this is not quite accurate. Well, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. Uh, uh, we also have somebody singing while walking on the street, yes, and you said that's not accurate. No, no, because a, a flamenco person, a singer, would not just 
walk in the street and start singing. It's the same way as you'll never see a flamenco guitarist in the daytime. They're all in bed and they come out at night with their guitar cases, right? So it, that is slightly put on. Um, Dominique Abel has made some great films. Don't forget that one that I haven't shown you yet, this is a little special one for you coming up. She made a great film about Agojetas from, mm. from Jerez before yeah. she made this film. So, um, you know, this is one I've kept in, in reserve the for you. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, it, what I, I tell you what touches me is when they go in search of that poor man. We search Because we search for a man. Yeah. Now, where is he? He's somewhere that we haven't seen. Yeah, and they say, oh, his mother's been ill or whatever. I can't remember exactly. And we need him for the festival. Because they're putting on yeah. the festival. And I, I do love that part of the film. And when he comes, he sings so much Camarón. Do you remember? Yeah. They, give, they say, listen, let give you, let's give you some food. Yeah. yeah, they give him some food and then he, <laughs> yeah. There is Cameron playing actually, yeah. because uh, if I remember, while they're searching for him, yeah, there is somebody with a guitar sitting and they play again. Cameron, yeah. yeah, all the time, all the time, all the time. Cameron is everywhere. Yeah, in everybody's hearts. It truly is. And what would you recommend from this film, music-wise? Ah. Um, I would probably go for Pata Negra. These are the, the group that were formed uh, in, in the Tres Mil by Mundo and Rafael Amador, Pata Negra. Uh, you know, they personify, and of course they link us nicely to what we've done with Morong, because they came to Morong to meet the United States servicemen to get their blues, so we say blues de la frontera. Nice now, I know what you want to end up with, because I, I showed you a crazy film that um, well, I bought. Th this know? film is part of the, <laughs> it, it's, it's in a CD. I know. What is this, Marcus? Well, it's... I mean, the CD's nice, actually. I'm not saying it's not nice, it's just surprising to find them. Well, it's, it, was that a documentary? Yes. Is I mean, El Turista Soyo a documentary? Yeah, El Turista Soyo. Agojeta. Mm. Um, it's his life. Now, do you know, you see, I kept that. I, I hadn't seen that till we watched it yeah, together. Yeah, we watched it together. That's my first time first seeing time. it. Uh, it's, it's wonderful because, he, you know, it's a man who's a great singer. He's living in this, uh, what do you call it, a caravan? I don't know what you call this. Yeah, or I think caravan. Whatever, yeah. you know. And uh, we, we see him going to uh, the Carbonaria in Seville to perform, which is a lovely place where all the all the carbon used to be stacked in Seville, and he sings. His guitarist is fantastic. Uh, it's got all kinds of very wacky bits in it, uh, and I don't know. It's just a very nice still, and it's short. You know, it's what about thirty it is, minutes? I would it? say thirty minutes or yeah, so. But yeah. he goes to a place that you visit all the time, yeah. and I forgot what was the name. Something like the basement. I don't know. This place is in Seville. Not the Carboneria. Is it the Carboneria? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Only one venue. Yeah, the Carboneria is um, is fantastic. Uh, it's tucked away in a quarter of Seville, Santa Maria la Blanca where I've taken you and 
it's got ancient trees and they have little flamenco events on all the time and he goes to perform there just to get some money and I don't know he's a very honest artist yeah and I just liked it you know and why do you think they call it El Turista so you <laughs> feels I think because he that's his reference to him being in this uh, caravan that he's oh, got oh right yeah Nice. I mean, I, I, I was thinking maybe he, because he goes to this venue that he usually wouldn't go, he feels like yeah. a tourist, but yeah, he travels. Yeah. It's quite an old film, actually. Yeah. Um, we watched, uh, we, we were looking at the back and I'm not sure what what year we came across, but... Um, I think it was made in 2000. 2000. Oh, yeah. there you go. Uh, so. You know, it's great that we we buy something and we watch it new and it was made in 2000. I know. Yeah. It's not such a such an old film. No, it's not I, such no, an old film. I think I tell you what's great about it. Uh when you start to watch it, they bring up before showing you this, you hear the sounds of India. So they're showing you that the gypsy people of the flamenco came from India. You get that. Then later on you hear the sound of the forge. The Iron Forge is where you hear that, and it's all very nicely put together. It is. Well, if you can um, kind of summarize flamenco cinema in one word or a sentence. <laughs> well, um, in a sentence, watch Carmen, Calosaura, Carmen. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode on uh, Flamenco Attitude. Once again, we hope that you find it informative and entertaining in the same time. I surely do every single time because I'm still exploring the culture and um, everything that has to do with it is interesting for me, so I hope it's interesting for you. A reminder, once again, that uh, our Q&A session will take place on the episode on September the 25th. So please send us any questions and comments prior to that. Use the month of uh, August, use September's a couple of weeks before that, just to send us everything. And we'll be happy to have a look and happy to comment on the episode. Until the next time, whether you listen to, play or learn about flamenco, remember to always follow the beat. I don't know, Marcus. I'm, I think we're going to see another golden era coming up, like the new, the new flamenco, the new camarón. It's coming, yeah. No, I don't think so. Um, the camarón only comes once in no, a century. No, he, he came once, and now we're going to have another. No, I don't think so. No, in the 1970s, camarón changed everything in flamenco, and he carried on in the 80s. There is not going to be another camarón. Something else will happen. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, flamenco, um, of course flamenco will con continue to evolve, but you're never, ever going to get a great artist like Camarón or Paco de Lisuya. <laughs>